Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. He leads away. Australia away. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Jonathan strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catch is taken by Perry. The Australian women's cricket team win their fifth. Welcome back to The Scoop. We are the cricket podcast dedicated to the women's game. My name is Emily Collin and with me is Laura Jolly, women's cricket editor for cricket.com.au. LJ, there's one week of the regular season left. On today's show, we've got Kristen Beams, who's joining us from Sunny Mackay to run through all the big talking points, including the question that I think is on everyone's lips is what is happening to the Sydney Sixers. So it looks like they're going to miss out on the finals for the third year in a row, which is a big shock to everyone. And also on today's show, we've got Hannah Darlington and Annika Learoyd. So it's two proud Indigenous women from the Sydney Thunder. So they're going to chat to us all about everything that's happening around the inaugural First Nations round, which will kick off on Wednesday with the traditional Faith Thomas match between Adelaide Strikers and Perth Scorchers. But LJ, before we get to all that, I would like to know what your highlight of the week was. There was a lot that happened, but what was your favourite bit? So I think I have two this week, which is probably yeah. cheating. But okay. <laughs> on the, the vein of the First Nations round, we saw the Sixers and the Heat give us a preview of their kits on Saturday night for what was quite a an intense match up in Mackay. And I think the highlight of that was seeing Michaela Hinckley take that one-handed screamer, which removed Nicole Bolton, absolutely lit up the match. And the fact she did it in a shirt she helped design was really special. And the other one was seeing Lauren Cheadle come in and take six wickets in two days. It's been a, a tough few years or quite a few years for cheats with various injuries and to see her making the most of every game she has gotten to play this WBL season has been really special. And what we all Sam? Yeah, that's two really good stories, isn't it? Um, but I think my favourite moment with, of the week, and it was kind of spread across the week because we saw Izzy Wong, we saw the best of her with the bat out at Karen Rolton Oval uh, earlier in the week. She hit, I think it was six sixes and just absolutely went ballistic at Karen Rolton Oval. I, th- I don't think, I'd never seen her bat, I'd never really seen her bat before, so I had no idea that she could do that. But the way she was hitting the ball and clearing the rope was just, it was unbelievable to watch. And then to see her backing it up uh, with the ball in Mackay, I think she removed, uh, was it Elisa Healy and Ash Gardner in the same over and it was just so fun to watch. And aside from that, she seems like an absolute legend and I think I want to hang out with her. She just seems like a really a really cool girl and hopefully we get to see a lot more of her uh, this summer. And LJ, 
looking ahead to the final series, I think we've got a pretty uh, pretty solid top four. I think it's going to be hard for any other teams to crack into the top four. But the good thing about it, I think any of the teams that are currently in the top four can come away with a win. So I want to know who your top two teams that you're expecting to see face off in the WBBL final are. Well, as we know this year, the team that finishes on top next Sunday will go straight to the final and the Renegades are just absolutely in the box seat to take that spot. They're a game clear on top, three games remaining, and two of those are against the Thunder and the Hurricanes at the bottom end of the table. Um, And their game against the Heat on Saturday night could prove really crucial. So I do think the Renegades will get through. And then I think the Strikers are just on such a roll right now that it could very well be a Renegades v Strikers final. That's exactly what I was going to say. We didn't even talk about this before, but I, I agree. The strikers, they're just looking, it's, they're really firing from all cylinders. They're just like, they're, with the bat and ball, it looks like they've just timed their run to perfection. And yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be Melbourne Renegades who finish on top and then the strikers are just going to cruise on through into that final. So I guess we'll find out. But let's get stuck into Beamsy and then followed by Hannah and Annika. Hello and welcome back to the show, Kristen Beams. Beamsy, how are you going? How's life in Mackay? And do you have a highlight of the week for us? Well, I've been wearing shorts every day, so it's fair to say that life's going really well for me up here. Just rub um, it in. <laughs> yeah, just thought I'd rub that in. But, you know, as a Tasmanian, I feel like you don't you don't get that opportunity as a Tasmanian to say that you've been wearing shorts very often. So, uh, you know, I think it's been amazing up here. And I think the cricket's been very good as well. So it's been a, it's been a really good week of cricket. And I think we're getting a little bit closer to understanding which teams are going to be playing finals, which is also good. And so the question on a lot of people's lips right now is the Sydney Sixers. They're all but out of finals, which not many people predicted. Um, we really thought they'd bounce back after missing it last year. What do you think isn't quite, hasn't just hasn't worked for them this year? Yeah, I think there's probably some of a lot of little things. I think when, when you look at teams that haven't made finals, t- you tend to go straight to the, the really big things. And a lot of times it's just those little tiny little things. I think Aaron Burns would have made a massive difference in the middle order for the Sixers. I think that's a factor. I think they've had some change in personnel of their overseas players. I think they had the consistency of Cap and Van Nicker for a really long time. So I think any time that you add a new player, you essentially end up with a new team. So people look at the Sixers list and say, well, they should be winning. They should be winning. But they they have had some changes throughout. And I think that's made a bit a big difference, I think, to, to their performance. But it just hasn't clicked. And I think then they're still not far away from playing some really good cricket. It's just unfortunately for them in the situation they're in at the moment is that that's going to, you know, very unlikely to see them play in finals. But I, I don't think it's a, it's a big thing. I, I don't think it's panic stations. I don't think that at the end of the season you look back they're going to look back on the the series and say, wow, we've got to make, you know, a million changes. I think it's been the sum of a few little things. And unfortunately, that's all you need in T20. It's a very fickle format. If a player isn't in really good form or things don't go your way, all of a sudden you're not in finals. And it seems like it's desperation when sometimes it's not really that at all. And how much do you think they rely on the form of Elisa Healy? She's only, um, I think it's 250s this season from 11 innings. Yeah, she's a real barometer for, for what they're doing. And that's what I loved about her as a teammate. I think she's one of the most competitive people going around. And she's one of those people that you just kind of want to follow because the way that she goes about things. And I think for a long time, the, the Sixers have, have probably been able to ride some amazing form. And, and that's a true test, I think, when when one of your best players isn't making as many runs as they would like. How, how can people kind of step up to the plate? And I think that, you know, they probably... Some batters in that middle order are probably a little bit disappointed they haven't been able to do that. But there's no doubt that she's such a key player for them. And 
if if your best players aren't playing as well as they would like to be, I think that that does pose some challenges. Um, but then it, I sort of think from an Australian point of view, look out because Elisa Healy is going to make a whole lot of runs when we get to the next international series because that's what good players do. Um, if they don't make as many runs as they want, they tend to make you pay a bit later. Yeah, we definitely don't doubt that. And Beamsy, not sure if you were watching the Heat versus Sixers match on Saturday night, but it was it was blockbuster stuff and there was a real sense of intensity to that match. How good is it for the competition, do you think, to, that we have that real sense of rivalry emerging seven years into the competition? Yeah, I think it's I think it's amazing. I think we go straight to you know, the derbies or the derbies, depending on where you're from. But I, I don't think it's as much about that. I don't think it's it's all about the, the Thunder Sixes or the Stars Renegades. I think it's about developing those really good rivalries and, you know, over time. And I, I love that that's developing into something that's really good. And if you think about those two teams, when, when they play their best cricket and they go head mm. to head, like I, I'm paying really good money to sit down and watch that because that is a blockbuster game. That is That is really top class players going head to head so I like a bit of niggle I've always been about the niggle I for me it's never personal when you have those big rivalries and you have those niggle and that banter and you want to see the ball fizzing around and and Mm. things being said I I really enjoy that I think it's good for fans and um, so I really really am looking forward to, to one more little taste of that coming up this week. And we've got the uh the Renegades and the Heat which are two of the teams who are going to be fighting it out to get that top spot they seem to have a, a good combination of really strong domestic performers alongside their big international names how important is that factor for teams it's massive I think that if you have domestic players who can play the role that international players play it just gives you so much more flexibility and when you talk about you know teams being able to I guess relax their dressing room a little bit that's that's what can happen so when you've Mm. got domestic players who are playing really key roles everyone else kind of relaxes into their work and goes okay this is this is not too hard this big back cricket and I think that's what the Renegades have been able to do really well. Um, they've had people who have come in, you know, Rihanna Donald came in on debut and took wickets straight away so yeah. all of a sudden people go, oh okay that's fine, you know, we, we've, we've got a player coming in and they can just pick up where the other players have left off and, and run with it and that's going to be really important for, for the Renegades and if they can keep doing that and those domestic performers keep having those sorts of performances, mm. they, could, they could go a long way to winning this tournament um, and people would go, wow, that's a bit of a surprise against some of the teams where we've seen the players that we've come to know and love dominate the competition. And I love seeing that. It's a bit of that sort of underdog. And I think that's what the Renegades have done really well so far. Um, and I hope their domestic players keep performing because that is just worth its weight in gold. And hopefully they're getting them all signed up so that when they add some more players in, they, they could be an incredibly strong lineup in the same way Heat having um, a Go. So there's actually some similarities, I think, between the two teams. And I think that the Renegades have the, the capacity to build a really good list for a long time, which is what the Heat have done. Yeah, it's certainly going to be very fun to watch over the next week or so, as well as the next couple of seasons. And Beamsy, we know you love the spinners, but have to say that the, the seamers and the fast bowlers really put on a show at Mackay over the last weekend. Between Izzy Wong, Maitland Brown, Taylor Volemic, Darcy Brown, did you have a favourite from the performances from the fast bowlers over the weekend? Well, I've really enjoyed Izzy Wong. I think I watched a little bit of the the, the 100. I thought it was a great tournament and it was like, who's this girl? Um, but her ability to swing the ball has been really, really important. And, you know, the Thunder probably haven't had the performances that they would have liked so far, but she's been an absolute shining light for them. Um, her ability to swing the ball, I love her competitiveness. And she also bombs sixes. She seems like the complete package for me as a seamer. And I love it that we've seen, you know, the ball coming in and whacking the top of the off stump with swing. Like that's that's unbelievable to watch. And 
it is a batter's game and I say that a lot and people <laughs> slam me for it all the time but it's a batter's game and so I love it when we see the bowlers fight back and I think the swing bowlers in this competition have fought back to say hey hey it's not just all about the batters um, and their skills have been on show and it's been unreal to watch. Speaking of one of them Lauren Cheadle took six wickets in two games over the weekend which is I think her numbers for the game she's been able to play this season are are quite incredible. Do you think she might be putting herself back on the radar of the Aussie selectors? Yeah, I think so, definitely. You know, when we think about how many talented bowlers we have from an Australian point of view and all of those young seamers, we've seen them come in and take their opportunity um, throughout the international series so far. And I don't think Lauren Cheadle's a long way away from getting her opportunity again as well. Um, she's been in and out of that setup for a long time. She was a, a very young player when when I was in and around, and she's just had such a, a bad run of injuries. I think it's more a matter of time whether they allow her to play a lot of domestic cricket before throwing her back into that international setup, or, or whether they want to get her straight back in there. I think to have a left armer to complement what they have in terms of raw pace, swing bowlers, it means that they sort of have the complete package. So. I think there's no doubt in my mind that Lauren Cheetah will get an opportunity to play for Australia again. It's probably just a matter of when. I think they'll want to manage her really well so that when she comes in, she stays in for a long time. But it, it's been exciting to watch her so far as well. And Beamsy, back on Izzy Wong. Do you think, A, the English selectors might have been taking notice of what she's been able to do over here in Australia and, B, some of the Aussie players might be watching on a bit with a bit of fear about what she's been able to do to on some of these pitches in Australia? If she's not selected, I'd be really surprised to to see a bowler come in and bowl like that in the in the WBBL to perform well against our Australian players I think if she's not selected she consider herself very stiff and I've got no doubt that Lisa Kiley's been watching every game um, of this WBBL and that's what we love about the WBBL in the same way we liked the 100 is that we've seen players come out not first choice selected in their international mm-hmm. sides come out play really really good cricket and then put their hand up. I think she's put her hand up and um, if she doesn't get selected, then wow, um, that would be a real surprise to see a, to see an English quick swinging the ball. Um, I don't think any Australian player would be sort of too comfortable to, to think that they've got to face that in the ashes coming up. So um, I'm, I'm calling it. I think she's going to be in that English squad when, we, when that gets announced. Yeah, she's certainly looking really good. And we've got one week left of games and the top four is almost looking like it's settled unless we see um, a few upsets. But the strikers are one that really seem to be timing their run to perfection. How have you seen them evolve over this season and how do you think they'll go against the Scorchers on Wednesday? Yeah, they started really, really well off the back of some amazing Talia McGrath form um, and that wasn't a surprise. And then it felt sort of felt like they sort of ebbed and flowed a little bit, but I think they've really started to get their combinations right. I think the Van niekerk Wolvart combination is very good when they come together. Um, I think whenever we see them in partnership from a batting point of view, it's just like, oh, cool, this is going to be really good to watch, mm-hmm. watching two people that are really, really different. But I think we've seen them have more contributors throughout from a batting point of view. Katie Mack has been very good. Um, Bridget Patterson started to come in and play more of a role for them as well. So I think they look like they've got really good diversity in that batting lineup. From a bowling point of view, Amanda Wellington is bowling as well as anyone is at the moment. And oh. Megan Shute has just come in and just given them exactly what they needed um, from Adelaide um, onwards. So I think they just look like they've got a really good balanced team and very similar to the Heat in terms of the diversity they've got. They go about it really differently, but I think that they've got They've nearly got every base covered and it means that they've got really good matchups against any opposition. So I, I think the strikers have, have got a really good squad 
um, to really challenge in this tournament. And just quickly on the heat, they were beaten pretty comprehensively by the strikers on Sunday. Do you think this is worth reading into or it was just, you know, they had to back it up pretty quickly after a pretty intense night match on Saturday? Yeah, I think there's not much into it from my point of view. I think that when they have a, a game where they don't play their best cricket, they tend to come back and play really well. And I think that's what that's what good teams do. And I think the way they go about their cricket, I think it's it means that they're going to have those occasional games where that comes off. And um, I think they've been so lucky in the same way that with the Renegades. I think their domestic performance have been very, very good. And that can't happen every game. And um, T20 can be a bit funny like that. It can really sort of test you out. But I, I look, and I think what's great about them is that they have this most, they have this unbelievable confidence that yeah. they wouldn't have read anything into it. No. And I think that's the most important bit. Like I think teams can sort of have a poor performance and then start to go, oh no, what does this mean? The Heat are one of those teams. And that's what I love about them. They just front up and go like, we're going to whack the ball. Yeah. Um, and they just go about it their own way. So I think they're a bit of a special team like that. So I think it would have only been an issue if they would be reading into it. And I think they're not reading into it at all. So I think it's going to be um, push on for the heat. I think that they still are the team for me that could win this competition. Yeah, it's definitely shaping up as a very exciting top four. One person who probably play a key part in that is Marazan Cap, who became the first international player to hit 100 wickets at the weekend and the first pace bowler. Because the spinners are the ones who've been hitting that milestone first. What do you think Cappy's brought to this competition over the seven years she's been a part of it? Well, if nothing else, one of the greatest death stares in <laughs> international cricket is what she's brought. I think look, she just brings this this competitiveness, this difference to anything that we've ever seen and and also a consistency in the performance. I think for a, a fast bowler to, to not break down, to have that consistency, to be able to do a job between two different franchises. It, she just, for me, has been somebody who's been so consistent in this competition and somebody that I think a lot of batters have feared over a really long period of time. So you think to yourself, wow, that's that's an incredible thing. And she doesn't look like slowing down. So, uh, you know, for me, she could be playing for a, a whole lot more years in, in this competition and, and having that sort of success. But I think I think the South African players that have added so much to, to the WBBL and they've been a consistent um, I guess, presence since WBBL01. And that's what I've loved about them. And they've become a better international side. So I, I think yeah. I've loved the role that, that Cappy has played um, so far. And I love what she brings to it. I think it's good for fans to watch. And another member of the 100 Wicket Club, Jess Jonathan, has also become the first member of the 100 Games Club for the Brisbane Heat. So that's 100 games for Jono. She hasn't missed a single game for the Heat, which is a pretty pretty remarkable effort. I know you're a big fan of Jono Beamsy. How, how important do you reckon this is to her and the whole Brisbane Heat team? Yeah, I think it's really important um, for her as well because I think she's she's been someone who's stuck it out I think to to be a one franchise player is you know you tip your hat to that because I think so many players have had to move around for their opportunity and and try different things and and she has stayed true to to where she's wanted to be her whole career so I think to to not only play 100 games but to take 100 wickets and only play for one club and it's your home club I think that's that's something that's really special um, and I think, you know, I'd really tip my hat to her. I think she's been such a great performer over such a long period of time. Like her stats are amazing. And so to consider that she's played that many games and her stats yeah. are, are still so, so good. I think that's, that's been the real key. I think, yeah, I think you, sometimes you ebb and flow through seasons. I'm, I cannot remember ever looking back on a season and going, yeah, you know, it wasn't really Jono's season. I think that she's been so good in every iteration of the, the WBBL. So um, she's probably one of the greatest players to have played WBBL. Um, so I think it's a, a really, you know, 
important milestone for her and I think for for every player in the competition because I think she's been the benchmark. And what do you think it says about her that she came into this season off an injury and having missed that series against India but didn't seem to miss a beat? I think that's the competitiveness, isn't it? It's, it's this beautiful competitiveness that, you know, the Australian team was so successful still in that series. Sophie Molyneux bowled really well and came in and did a great job. And I think it would be easy as a player to kind of go, oh, no, what does this mean for me? And instead, we just saw her pick up where she, she left off and um, play really, really good cricket. And I think it says a lot about her commitment and her diligence to come back from an injury point of view, but but also that competitiveness to, to just come in and say, righto, I'm just going to, I'm going to take this on and I'm going to be one of the top players in this competition. So um, you really tip your hat to that because I think it's a, it can be a really difficult thing coming back um, from injury and maybe not playing, having the preseason you want, not playing as much cricket as you want, but instead we've actually see her look like, she, it looks like she hasn't missed any cricket and, and that's a real compliment to any player who can do that. Yeah, definitely. And we couldn't think of a more deserving player than Jess Jonathan. And Beamsy, we're going to ask you to get the crystal ball out one more time. We know you're all in on the Brisbane Heat, but can, can you pick a side that you think is going to face the Brisbane Heat in the WBBL 07 final? Oh, as I sit here <laughs> right now, and uh, it's funny because I've been slammed on a few things. I got slammed for not having Sophie Devine in my team at the tournament at the half <laughs> Fans are brutal. And I know. And the day after the article came out, she had that incredible yeah. innings. And I was—I didn't have the heart to come back and say, hey. <laughs> well, I wrote the article before she had that innings. Um, yeah. So I feel like I'll probably get slammed either way for this. But I'm right now, as it stands, I think it's going to be a Brisbane Heat Adelaide Strikers grand final. Oof. Jeez, that sounds pretty good. Yeah, I, I just, I love the diversity of both teams. So I think that's, I think that's the key when you get into finals. I think you have to have really good depth. I think you have to be able to match up against any opposition. So um, I think those two teams, if they've got the momentum with them, I think could could go all the way. Sounds good, Beamsy. One week to go. Hope you enjoy it. Live life up in Mackay and look forward to chatting to you one more time. Thanks, guys. And we are super excited to have Hannah Darlington and Annika Leroy from the Sydney Thunder on today's episode of The Scoop as we prepare for a very exciting First Nations round in the WBBL. But first of all, uh, we want to talk about the cricket. must have been very exciting for you guys to get a win in the Sydney Smash. I bet the girls all enjoyed that one. Yeah, I think for a few of us, that's the first time we've actually beat the Sixers at our time at the club. And that was definitely mine, Annika's, Phoebe Litchfield. So as soon as we came off, we are kind of like, oh, my goodness, we've actually beat the Sixers, um, which was kind of cool to think. Um, and definitely sang that team song pretty loud and proud. But, yeah, to come away with a performance like that, um, we spoke about it in the team meeting and we wanted a, a contest and we definitely um, did that on the day, which was pretty exciting. And, Hannah, there's been a lot of praise for the way you've handled yourself as captain this year. How have you found the whole experience? Yeah, obviously a new experience at that and one I wasn't quite expecting um, this soon, especially um, with the, the late notice that it came with. But I think, yeah, the girls have been really supportive in, in trying to help me out along the way. And we've got a group that's really good at doing that. But it's a, yeah, it's a tough experience to get thrown into, especially when things don't quite go your way on the field. But I think, um, yeah, learning in a tough scenario is probably the best way to do it. So I'm enjoying everything that comes with it and, yeah, still having fun along the way. Nice. Is it something that you've enjoyed, like the whole experience of, you know, on the field and then as well up the off-field commitments that come with captaincy as well? Yeah, I've always loved the the on-field part. It's kind of just I've always been a quite tactical player and always kind of had that sense of knowing um, those sorts of things. But I think the off-field thing is the, the trickiest part to navigate at the moment, knowing that um, when to put the mate hat on and when to put the captain hat on, especially <laughs> when these players I've grown up playing with and haven't quite captained um, that often. So I think, yeah, that's probably the toughest part is knowing, 
yeah, when to kind of switch those hats. But uh, I think at the moment I'm starting to learn. And Annika, you were around the group all last season, but you've had a, a real opportunity to step into the team and take on more responsibility this time around. How have you found that experience? I've absolutely loved it. Um, last year was like a really cool stepping stone, I guess. Um, getting to be around the competition and kind of getting a bit of a look at it, but not being thrown straight into the deep end. So um, I've really enjoyed the challenge that this year has presented. Um, and I think being such a young team, you, you kind of feel a bit more like you belong a little bit more than you potentially would in a team with a bit of an older average age, I guess. And Annika, Hannah's obviously one of your best mates. How has everyone sort of got around Hannah and the way that she's been captaining and leading the team? Is everyone just loving it? Yeah, yeah, we are. Um, I especially have enjoyed it, I guess, um, because we are we do know each other so well. Um, there's been times on the field when I know what she wants a little bit more and yeah. we can almost use a type of sign language almost. Um, <laughs> communicate where she wants me to be and stuff like that and what role she wants me to play wherever I'm fielding. So just things like that um, are a little bit easier and I really enjoyed the experience of having her skip. And the Thunder seem like a, a really great bunch of players who love each other's company, quite a young group too. How What other team dynamics like at the Thunder? Um, energetic. Uh, I think the young average age um, has really helped with that. But the likes of having Phoebe Litchfield, Lauren Smith, um, those type of players where they, they just bring that energy and the excitement and there's always something to laugh at or more likely someone to laugh at. So <laughs> we'll love that. Yeah, I know. You guys, I think you guys were calling Sammy Jo Johnson like the mum of the group last year. Is she still taking on that on that figure? Yeah, we've actually had a bit of a dynamic shift and <laughs> Sammy Jo stayed as mum and Corinne Hall's become grandma. Yeah. Um, so they're looking up quite well. But, yeah, to have those two, they actually act like kids around us. I think they quite enjoy that refreshing environment of having us just act like kids and then they can kind of join in as well. But, yeah, the people who are a bit older in the group seem to act more like kids <laughs> now um, because they hang around us that often. I think I saw some memories on Instagram recently of uh, Heather Knight's mattress going missing last season. Has anyone been the subject of practical jokes this year? Um We've only played one this year just due to the fact it's a little bit tricky. Um, now we're not um, stuck together so often. I think the only one Phoebe Litchfield did was a bit of a prank with a speaker outside people's rooms and playing a um, like a voice memo to get them to come out of their room and everyone's <laughs> waiting outside. Um, we did it to the staff, which was the best because they were all in the same room. But, yeah, that's the only one that's happened so far. Oh, that's so good. And compared to the experience of last year when you guys were obviously all in Homebush, how good's it been to get on the road as a team this year and, you know, get out and explore the different cities and states that you've been lucky enough to travel around to? Um, well, I guess it's kind of my first experience of really doing any travel, um, especially with the Big Bash, uh, being the hub being my first year. So I really enjoyed kind of getting out and about a little bit more, probably a little less travel than you'd usually see. Um, but, like, it's still really cool to you know, be spending as many days as we are up here in Mackay, um, which isn't something we'd normally be doing, I guess, um, if the draw had stayed as was. What have you guys been getting up to in your downtime across different cities and states? Any any highlights of the travels so far? I think a couple of people enjoyed Adelaide, getting around on the scooters and being able to enjoy. Um, I think a highlight, we did a massive scavenger hunt around Adelaide um, and the group had to, it was for Sammy Joe's birthday, so we went a bit all about and bought each other outfits from the op shops. <laughs> All of us are running around Adelaide in same outfits. But, yeah, I guess people kind of do what they want. Um, I know a couple of the girls went out fishing today. So, um, yeah, it's just a lot of people have a different interest. So um, 
they kind of get to do that when they want. It sounds so much fun. <laughs> We've seen Izzy Wong really lighting up the competition, taking big wickets. What's she brought to the group? I think she's another one who's just brought, um, I guess, that energy and that spark a little bit. Um, and she's also seen so many um, new environments and new experiences for her and watching the re- way she reacts to them is uh, really exciting as well. Like today was a prime example with the kangaroos and she hasn't stopped raving about it. And there was one day in particular, we went to the beach as well and she saw a dolphin and like we were all like, oh, that's a dolphin, that's cool. Yeah. And she it just blew her mind and she <laughs> raved on about it for about the next 24 hours. So just seeing her bring stuff like that to the group and just being as unique as she is and um, I feel like as comfortable as she is around the group is, um, I, I guess, a real plus to the group um, showing, you know, that we are able to have players that feel as comfortable as they do to be themselves. Yeah, that's awesome. And in terms of the way she plays, what were you, what was going through both of your minds when you were sitting there watching her bomb sixes onto the hill at Karen Rolton Oval the other night? I was next into bat and I don't think I sat down because <laughs> I was literally insane thing because she genuinely cleared the rope by 10 meters every time and we were speaking about how there was a short boundary and long boundary it's like it didn't even go through her head because she was clearing every boundary um and i can't remember what our coach trevor said to her it was something like just um just moose it or something and that's all they had to say to her and she went out and did that and it was yeah pretty insane to watch she can butt ahead of me anytime she wants now do you guys know that she could do that <laughs> she's done it against me in the net so yeah, okay. yeah um, very much so speaking of batting ahead of you hannah you opened the batting well you down to open the batting the other day i know it got washed out and you tried semi joe up there too what's been the the thinking there yeah for us obviously um we've got a couple options at the top of the order and the the reasons are kind of different each game in terms of matchups for me um it was kind of just to have a bit of an effect on a game that we thought could have been possibly washed out and hopefully just going out there against a a pretty pace heavy attack against the Scorchers and yeah, just trying to, um, you know, kind of put it to the opposition a bit. Um, Talia did an awesome job at the top, but I think it was time for a bit of a change in the dynamic. And for us, yeah, that was either myself or Sammy Joe just to go out there and play with a bit of freedom Um, has come off a little bit. Sammy Joe obviously played a a handy knock yesterday and that's all we're looking for at the top of the order. But um, yeah, I think Mandana is enjoying um, her role at the top and whoever goes out there with her, she seems to have a, a good communication and kind of environment with. Yeah, nice one. And speaking of Smitty and as well as Deepdy, there have been two new faces in the lime green this year. How have you guys enjoyed having them around and do you think they've enjoyed their time with the Sydney Thunder and playing in the WBBL? I'm getting the impression that they're really enjoying it, yeah. Um, Deepdy, we're just starting to really see the cheeky side of her and she um, she gets a lot of laughs out of us, especially with her little antics um, around Sammy Joe in particular. Um, <laughs> Um, they seem to have formed quite a quite a little bond there, um, but yeah, just on field as well. The, they're able to just bring a little something that kind of sets us in positions where we can potentially win matches, and I think that's what you really want from your internationals um, to at least put you in positions where you can win matches. If not, um, get the job done. At least get us in a position where we can do that. And Smriti is obviously one of the best batters in the world. What's it been like having her not only in the nets but like as someone to lean on and someone to get advice from, particularly for for you, Hannah, from a captaincy point of view? Yeah, she was a little bit quiet to start. I think she was a little bit nervous coming into the group but um yeah she's been quick to come out of her shell and yeah really helpful in the field um is really polite coming to me and giving me options and understanding that there's a lot of things going through my brain um at most points but she's really good at just coming over and having a quick chat 
And sometimes she'll just change the field and I'm completely okay with it because she knows the players a lot better than I do most of the time. So she, yeah, she's great at that sort of thing. And I think in the nets, um, it's actually been really exciting to see some of the conversations she's had with players. I think especially her and um, Phoebes have kind of bonded together over the left-handed um, and yeah, they're literally practicing reverse sweeps together and, and things like that. But yeah, she's taken a, a real liking and it has, has really brought a bit of experience to the group, which we, we needed with a loss of a couple of players. That's so awesome. And so looking ahead to this weekend, what does it mean to you guys to be part of this new First Nations round? I know we had a taste of it last year with NAIDOC week, but the first First Nations round is pretty exciting for the league. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Um, last year, as you said, was a really cool little taste, especially for me. It was kind of the first time being involved in a NAIDOC week, really. Um, so uh, this year promises to be a really cool weekend, especially. Um, and some of the activities and things we've been able to get up to um, back in Adelaide, the basket weaving and things like that, um, I know I really enjoyed. And I, I think Hannah really enjoyed it as well. So just um, really excited to get out there this weekend, um, put the jersey on. We've had a jersey explanation with the artist and just little things like that um, to help educate the group as well. They're all really cool about it. They really love learning about it and um, any experience that they they can get to um, learn a little bit more, they all seem to be very happy to take up. Have you both been able to have a chat with your families and your mobs back home to chat about, you know, the impact of what you guys will have representing your culture on national TV next weekend? Yeah, my nan gave me a call um, and my auntie sent a couple messages through, which was nice to see that they've been following along. And I think they'll be really excited when that jersey gets to be worn next week. But yeah, we got to do some research. I know um, around the grounds, we're going to be having our own languages in a couple of the words on the sides of the grounds and explaining some of the cricket terms which is cool so we got to do education in that and finding those meanings out um, and reaching out to family and community back home to try and help us out with that but yeah I think as soon as we get to put the jersey on it's for a lot more people than just um, us when we get to do that. So cool and when you think back to when you guys were young what would have meant two of you guys to have seen this on tv back then? Uh, I don't I don't really know how to describe it because really the thing is you, you, you can't really be what you can't see. Um, so the way that Ash Gardner particularly has presented herself, um, she's done really well in that space in a number of years. Um, so to be able to kind of partake in that ourselves now is something that I'm really looking forward to doing. Um, and it's something that I think we can keep pushing forward in the future and hopefully we can see it for a lot of years to come. And what sort of impact do you think a First Nations round, you know, when it's splashed everywhere, will have on young Indigenous kids across Australia? Yeah, I think the impact this could have is is quite instrumental in terms of just sparking in conversation. I know we speak about the education role that we have a lot of the time back with our teammates and associations, but this kind of broadens that to the, the crowds. I think a lot of the time, um, whether the crowds there in person or, or on TV, they can kind of see the the shirt design and what gets um, put across in the coverage, which has been amazing. But to have this First Nation round um, comes with a lot more, I think, than what we saw last year, which was a, a massive stepping stone. But, yeah, this is kind of the platform we want to be able to have those conversations, not only within our groups, but, yeah, across the country. And so you guys first met at the, um, I think, at the Empire Cup about eight years ago. Can you tell us about how your, your friendship has grown over that time and how you've both 
learned about your cultures over that time too? Yeah. Um, so it's funny, actually, the very first night um, we were staying in Sydney before we flew out to Alice Springs and we were actually roommates that night. And I was absolutely fangirling. You know, she, <laughs> she had a sponsor and like, telling me all this stuff. And I didn't know what half of it meant, but I was just there, like drawing the floor, like absolutely loving it. Um, and then from there, just playing with and against each other for the next few years, um, as well as up in Alice. Um, that was really cool to be able to kind of grow and learn a little bit more about our cultures together. Um, and then obviously we've ended up where we are um, again together playing with um, the Thunder in the Indigenous shirts as well is, um, I guess, the cherry on top. And how special has it been for both of you to sort of go through it together and be able to lean on each other at different points and just celebrate your Indigenous culture together playing with the Sydney Thunder? Yeah, it's literally been step by step together, I think. And that's, we've kind of learnt together, which is the key thing. Um, We kind of have the same story in terms of we found out quite late and had to learn um, as we went and cricket was our path to kind of be able to do that. And for us, we both love cricket and a cricket nuffy. So it was kind of the perfect platform to, to go from there. But yeah, our experiences, I think we played three or four years up in Alice Springs and then kind of brought it back to the Thunder. And yeah, I was super excited when she decided to sign for the Thunder and had to put a couple of words in to make sure she did sign for the Thunder. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was nice to know that we were going to be the, the franchise that had two Indigenous players and could lead from the front. Um, and I think, yeah, the work we've been able to do not only together, but, um, you know, in our different kind of fields and, and what we're learning about at uni and things like that is all pretty special um, to be able to kind of go through together. And I know the Thunder have been a real leader in this space and you've had your, had the um, smoking ceremony and the shirt presentations before the last two seasons. How important have, have this this education and this stuff been for you guys? That was actually probably one of the things that drew me to the Thunder, um, as well as Hannah being in my ear. But um, the, I guess the way that um, the Thunder kind of approached um, the Indigenous side of the game as well, um, the way that they were acknowledging things and always seemed to be, I guess, hungry to learn more. Um, and I think Rach was a big driver of that as well. So just being able to watch them do that, I found... Um, I was really appreciative of that and it was something that I wanted to be involved in as well. So to get the chance to do that is um, something that I'm very thankful for as well. And I'm always a big fan of the lime green kits, even better the Indigenous ones. Are you guys able to tell us a little bit about the Indigenous kit, the design and how it all came about? Yeah, once again, we had Reed Lotter, who's done our Indigenous designs since we played in the Thunder Indigenous Cup. So we have a really close relationship with Ree, she's got a painting up in our house at the moment as well. So I guess that's a really nice feeling to know that the artist um, is well aware of kind of the dyna- dynamic of the group. So she brought in a couple of pieces this year, which I think are really special, not only about the Indigenous culture, but how we play our cricket. So, so our middle circle at the bottom of our jersey really represents the the players in the team, the, the team that's travelling, and then the circles around it are what we call our Thunder Nation, which is a, a thing we're really proud of to have fans worldwide. Um, and spread across the, the entire country. And for us, it then is surrounded by these really cool boomerangs, which, as I said before, kind of speaks about the way we play our cricket. So they're attacking boomerangs, they're fierce energy, and kind of bring that together. And then the top of our jersey um, is probably the most special part in terms of it represents ancestors, the people who've played for the Thunder and the future players of the Thunder and kind of is at the top of the jersey because they're all the ones looking over us. And, yeah, the stars in that are pretty special. There's um, three or four stars at the top of the jersey, which just really represent um, the people that are, you know, barracking for us but supporting us 
as we go. I really love the shirt. And I know you guys got to see a bunch of the other teams as well and at Adelaide with the basket weaving. Um, did you get a chance to learn about any of the other shirts or, or any that you were really interested in seeing, finding out more about? Um, I, we haven't learned too much um, as of yet, but I'm hoping that a bit more will come out. Um, obviously, we saw uh, the release about the Heats jersey and um, what Michaela's done there. So learning the story behind that one was really cool and how that all ties back into Brisbane as well, um, knowing that that's a really important place for their team. Um, that's pretty cool. So being able to learn more about the other team's jerseys is something that I'm really looking forward to, um, especially over this next weekend. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely epic seeing all the Indigenous jerseys worn across the round and you guys are doing an unbelievable job in your roles celebrating your culture. So well done to you for that one. But finally, this is our last segment on The Scoop. Um, it's called Who's Cooking? And it's brought to you by Weber Barbecues, which is obviously the new naming rights sponsor of the WBBL. So I'm not sure if you guys are aware of this, but we're going to ask you both to uh, select your three dream barbecue guests. So it can be absolutely anyone. We might start with start with you, Annika. <laughs> <laughs> three people that you want, <laughs> three people that you want to invite over to your place for a barbecue. Can be absolutely anyone. Well, there's one that comes to mind straight away. Um, I actually watched a movie with him in it last night, yeah. and that's um, Ryan Reynolds. Nice. I think. He- funny um so he'd have to be one for sure um otherwise i think kathy freeman is another one that i didn't yeah sorry not sorry um is another one that i'd invite um i just think what she's done pioneering in not just the female athlete space but as well as the indigenous um space as well so she's another one who i think would just be really cool to just get in her ear and kind of listen to what she's got to say um as for a third one i'm a little bit stuck um, do you want to go while I think yeah, we'll, Okay, we can come back to you. Hannah, you, your turn. Yeah. So my first one is Mitchell Johnson because I feel like he can cook the barbecue. <laughs> uh, so like that's <laughs> nice one. Cricket up. He'd have a few good stories to tell. Yeah, exactly. He can talk about cricket over a barbecue. And then I'm going to bring Melissa McCarthy because I think she's like the funniest person alive. Absolutely love her movies. I think that's the third then- person who's picked her. <laughs> Must be a real hit in the WBBL. <laughs> and then the third is going to be, I can't go another cricketer, so I'm going to go uh, Jacinda Ardern, NZ Prime Minister. Nice Eating it all out. Right, that. Yeah, Annika, yeah. have you got a third? <laughs> I really didn't come up with much just then, but I'm thinking someone like The Rock. I think he's got a good yeah. plan And I reckon he'd cook a pretty mean sausage on the barbecue. I reckon he would too. Sounds like you guys will have two good barbecues. Maybe you could even combine them. Maybe. <laughs> if you like. Nice one. Annika and Hannah, thank you guys so much for joining us on the Scoop podcast today. We're absolutely loving the work that you're doing with the Sydney Thunder and we hope you laugh it up, laugh up the first ever First Nations round and have a, have a really great time and keep up the great work. Good on you guys. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Sit back and enjoy the stroke play of Meg Lanning. This is excellent batting by Ash Gardner. Donaldson strikes again. She's on a hat-trick. She comes at Molyneux. Catches Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.